I'm, I'm a man of authority. I said go and they go and I said come and they come. When Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him, turned to the crowd that followed him and said, I tell you, not even Israel, not even in Israel have I found such faith. And when those who had seen had been, my goodness, and then those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the servant well. So the, in this little nugget was God was faithful to his promise. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you. This man blessed Israel, building them a synagogue. He loved their nation. He blessed Israel. And God blessed him. And that was my nugget. Well, I told you last week I wanted to share a few minutes out of Luke 12. Now, you know a few minutes in preacher talk means get comfortable. Um, so if you got your Bible, turn to Luke 12. If you got your phone, flip it open. That's what I'm using. So let's just read these first 12 verses in Luke 12. Doug, and the Lord just wants to dump joy all over you like you've never seen. And so I'm committing to you to pray every day this week that you'd run headlong into the joy of the Lord. Every day. I'm going to ask you the rest to join me if you would. So. Gabriel. Show me your hands. Okay. That's fine. Thanks. I see on your hands a nine, the number nine on each hand. And I asked the Lord what that meant. And he said, for the rest of your life, you will have impact and influence equaling 99 years. I don't know how he does that. Okay? But you ask him what that means. But I know God works in ways that can compound. He can give time back faster than we'd use it up. He can, I mean, a few minutes to him is lots of years. So he has ways of doing that. And he wants to have impact and influence through you. I believe Dad. I want you to put your hand on his shoulder. The Lord said, pray for a transfer. God, we've seen so much that you've done in this family in such a short period of time. And I ask 
that the son would receive what the father has received. That there be a transfer by your spirit. Pour it out. Just share it. Thank you, Lord. All right. Now, Luke 12. So in the meantime, when so many thousands of people had gathered together, this feels really hot. I feel like it's ringing in my ears. They were trampling one another. And he began to say to his disciples, Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Nothing is covered up that will not be revealed or hidden that will not be known. Therefore, whatever you have said in the dark shall be heard in the light, and what you have whispered in private rooms will be proclaimed on the housetops. I tell you, my friends, do not fear those who kill the body, and after that have nothing more they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear him who, after he has killed, has the authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two pennies? And not one of them is forgotten before God. Why, even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not. You are more value than many sparrows. And I tell you, everyone who acknowledges me before men, the Son of Man, will also acknowledge before the angels of God. But the one who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. And anyone, anyone, everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven. But the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. And when they bring you before the synagogues and the rulers and the authorities... Do not be anxious about how you should defend yourself or what you should say. For the Holy Spirit will teach you in that very hour what you ought to say. So last week I shared just a few minutes about the word hypocrisy. Hypocrisy just means to act, to put on another face, to portray something that you're not. Now, the Pharisees and Sadducees were masters at this. They portrayed a spirituality that wasn't spiritual. It was knowledge. It was acts. It was information. It was rules. It was laws. And so they kept all that up in order to present themselves as spiritual. But you know why? Because they were afraid. Part of it was that they were afraid the real them would be known. You ever faked it? And when you fake it, you know you're faking it, and you hope nobody else figures it out. But you know. They knew. They knew something was missing, but they gave themselves to it so long that it just became a part of life. And not only did it become a part of their life, it became part of society. And everybody had to follow these rules and laws. And and if you didn't, you were looked down on, you were ridiculed, you were outcast. 
And in, in reading this verse, I, I was reminded of the book True Faced. If you haven't read that, you ought to get it. It's so good. It is it's such a good book. But it talks about having God's perspective of who we are and not ever having to play the game again. And so God wants to deal with that hypocrisy. And I love how that he uses the word leaven, by the way, in this verse. Because the word leaven uh, is just, it's kind of a part of the starter for bread. And it helps it rise. But if you made bread, you know it's just a little bit of leaven is all that that loaf needs. And his point here is, look, if you're faking it, if you're phoning it in, guess what? A little bit of that stuff will have a horrible impact. And you will become one of the biggest hypocrites. And so we need the Lord to search our hearts and show us where we're putting on the masks. Now, we'll see more of why that's important as we go on here. Now, let's look at verses 4 through 7. He said, look, I don't want you to be afraid of these guys. Yes, they can kill you. (laughs) Don't be afraid. That's the worst they can do. That's it. They can hurt you, they can kill you. He said, that's temporary. It's not eternal. Don't be afraid of that. And I was thinking about, in America, when's the last time anybody died for their faith in America? I don't remember. But, we still can suffer for Christ in this country by ridicule. We can suffer rejection. We can suffer mocking. There's all kinds of ways that we can suffer for the gospel. And God's word to us is, don't be afraid of what they're going to do to you. That's temporary. That's nothing. And I love, I saw something here that I've never seen before. He said, be afraid of who can not only take your body, but condemn you to hell. Be in awe of him. Now, that raises a picture of hellfire and brimstone. You don't repent. This is where you die. This is where you spend eternity. But I love how he comes right after that. And he says, see these tiny little birds? You can get five of them for about two cents. And none of them flies off that I don't know exactly where it is and what's going on with this bird. I care about that bird. And you are worth a room full of these things. I know everything about you. I care deeply about you. So when you're in awe of me, don't just be in awe and say, okay, I've got to repent so I don't go to hell. No, I want you to be in awe of me because I love you, because I care about you, because I want to redeem you, because I want to save your soul. This message is the message to the lost that we carry within us. 
It's not just, well, if you don't repent, you know. It's, he doesn't want that for you. Yes, you'd be in awe of him because he can send you to hell, but that's not the heart of the Father. The heart of the Father is to show you how much he cares. Now, the reason that it's important that he started this out talking about hypocrisy is that if we live in hypocrisy, if we live behind our masks, it will hinder our ability to understand that depth of God's love and care for us. And if we don't have it, we can't give it. He wants us to receive it and understand it so that we've got that message to give away. To say this is a great God that's so full of love. Yeah, yeah, he can wipe you out and leave you in hell for eternity. It's not what he's looking for. And he says, here's how much I care. I know every hair of your head. Now for some of us that means he counts really well. For some of us, that means he's just got a great memory. I've been waiting all week to say that. I just thought it was funny. But he, he doesn't, this is important. It's a small, small thing, but Steve got it right. The little stuff matters. In studying this, he's not just saying, I know how many hairs are on your head right now. He said, I know every hair of your head that's ever been. All of us. That puts a different twist on just how much love and care and concern about everything about us this Father has. And that's the light and life that we carry in us to give away. So it's not about him throwing us into hell. It's to redeem us from it and to redeem others through us. And so if I can know and be convinced of how great this love is, I'm going to go to that Psalm 139 that Gabe shared last week. God, search me. Try me. Know my heart. See if there's anything wicked in there. Why? Because you love me and I trust you with that. I don't have to be afraid of you searching me. I want you to search me so you can get that stuff out so that I can then give out who you are in me. We're going down to verses 8 and (laughs) 9. I love this. The way this is written in, in, the, in the Greek, because of the tense, and I won't get into the, all of that, but, but it's just interesting. What he's trying to say here is, your confession of me may or may not happen, but if it does, oh, I'm going to bellow your name in the heavenlies to the angels. I'm going to scream, guys, you see my servant Randy, you see my servant Justin, you see my servant Becky. 
Let me tell you about them. I want him to bellow my name, not because I'm Paul and anything special. I want him to bellow my name because he was able to express himself through me and want to shout that in the heavenlies. Because he's kind of bragging on himself there, right? That's what that's about. So I want him to bellow my name in the heavenlies to brag on himself of who he was through me and the lives that he touched through me. And so, God is just, I think, in this passage for me, I know for me, just driving home again that my life is to be an impact to people that never met him. Now, I'll be honest with you, I went for a lot of years of my adult life being convinced that my primary call was discipling the saved and helping the saved mature and grow and learn. And That's important. That's significant. But man, none of us deserved to be redeemed. Didn't do a thing to earn it, but we were. So why not my neighbor? Why not my waitress? Why not the guy at the checkout stand? Why not the coworker? Okay, Lord, yeah, you do that to them. No. Lord, do that to them through me. Through me. So, so, Lord, start dealing with the stuff in me. Start dealing with the hypocrisy. Let me become convinced of how, how much you love me. Because I want my name to ring out in the heavenlies because of Jesus. And we get down to verse 10. I've always felt like this verse kind of didn't fit. I felt like it's just, I felt like he was kind of talking along a track and then took a left turn and said this one thing and then came back and got back on track again. Because he says here, he talks about what we've always called the what? The unpardonable sin, right? In fact, let me just read the verse. Everyone who speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but the one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven. I remember being a kid and, and thinking about the unpardonable sin and laying in bed and trying not to commit the unpardonable sin. Isn't that the stupidest thing ever? Don't say it. Don't, don't say that, because if you say it, you know that means... Going to hell if you say it, so don't say it. Well, that's like trying to say, don't think of a pink elephant. It's the first thing. And so then, blaspheming the Holy Spirit, I curse the Holy Spirit, would just fly through my mind and go, oh no, I'm going to hell. But I see here, Jesus said, look, while I'm here, 
I'm going to be rejected. You know what? It's going to happen. It's okay. It's okay. But when I go away, when I leave, I'm sending the Holy Spirit through my people. And you're going to go out by my Spirit and you're going to testify. You're going to tell my story. You're going to tell what I've done in you. You're going to share my greatness. And it will be by my Spirit. And if that is overwhelmingly rejected, there will be no forgiveness. That is the weight and power of the message that we carry. But we want there to be forgiveness. We want people to embrace and accept how forgiving and loving God is. I, I looked at in Luke's in Luke ten, verses seven through twelve, and he was sending the disciples out, and he said, "Listen, I want you to go out. I want you to go into their cities. I want you to stay wherever they'll allow you to stay. I want you to eat whatever they're going to give you to eat, and I want you to heal the sick, and I want you to preach the kingdom of God. If they reject you." You walk outside of town, take your sandals off, and beat the dust off of them as a picture of that city's rejection of me because there's more hope for Sodom than there is for that city. That's heavy. That's heavy. But we cannot equate the rejection of the world to man's religion with deserving to have the dust knocked off and deserving to be condemned like Sodom. There's a difference in rejecting religion and rejecting the Savior. And to show the Savior means we're so intimate with him that it's him by his spirit that we're giving away. It's his power that brings healing that we're giving away. It's the story of the good news of the kingdom of God that we're giving away. Not the rules, not the regulations, not the mask, not the having to act a certain way, be a certain way. It's the good news. That's what gospel means. It's good news. So, if that's rejected, if that's denied, there is not forgiveness for that. But that's not his heart. Not his heart. So he wraps up and he said, look, don't be worried about what you say when you're delivered up to these guys. Because my spirit will speak through you. My spirit will give you what you need to say. I don't know about you, but I grew up learning the Roman road, and that's how you got people to accept Christ. You take them down all the verses in the Roman road. Or you learn the four spiritual laws, and you take them through the four spiritual laws. And I'm not knocking those things. Those are scripture. That's the word. But he's saying, look, this is not rehearsed. This is not, and besides, if you're being offered up in front of guys that very well could take your life, The rehearsal is going to be self-defense. I'm not guilty. Get me out of here. 
Or if I'm delivered up, well, now I have to convince. Not self-defense, but I've got to convince. I've got to talk him into this being the right message. He really was the king. And he's saying, no, you don't have to defend yourself. No, you don't have to convince him. Just listen. My spirit will give you what you need to say. Now, Chuck, you told me beforehand, you didn't really see where I was going with this, but you lived it with the sales guy. You gave away the story. God wants us to give away the story, but he wants us to be so in touch and in tune with his spirit that it's not anything contrived, anything that we've figured out. We're just so intimate with him that we're just running over with him. Really that simple. We've made it hard and it's not. And so my prayer, guys and ladies, is just that God will just make us aware Because we're faced with these people all the time everywhere. And some of them you're aware of. Some of them you already know. And I pray that God will begin to convict your heart about how to give him away in those places. And to give the words of his spirit. But sometimes we can walk right through a scenario where God wants to portray himself and miss it altogether. Because we're busy thinking about what we're there for. So I'm asking God to just open our eyes to be aware of where those opportunities come. Give them away. That's what I saw here.